Thank you for tuning into this webinar using strategic planning to drive long-term results. This webinar is hosted by AGH University, presented by AGH Employer Solutions. AGH Employer Solutions is a team of professionals that helps employers, business owners, and human resource professionals hire, compensate, manage, engage, train, and retain one of their most critical resources, their talent. Today's speaker is Daniel White. Daniel is an organizational development consultant for AGH Employer Solutions Organizational Development and Family Business Services Group. He assists organizations with their organizational development needs, including strategic and operational planning, leadership development, and employee engagement efforts. Daniel has worked with a wide range of industries, including construction, healthcare, manufacturing, banking, not-for-profit, and government organizations. He's also worked internationally as an organizational development consultant, serving organizations in Bolivia, Guatemala, and Ghana. So does your organization have a strategic plan that drives it to success? While many organizations have plans, they may do little to motivate employees or create real results. Join Daniel as he discusses what good strategic planning looks like, as well as the common myths and mistakes. Well, thanks, Mike, and thanks to all of you for attending today. Um, as Mike said, my name is Daniel White, and here at AGH, I primarily help clients with strategic planning, leadership development, succession planning, kind of the areas that we call organizational development. We help family businesses, nonprofits, and for-profit organizations people and process side of business that we all know is so necessary to grow and develop organizations. So today we're going to focus on the concept of strategic planning and specifically focus on a few learning objectives. So after today you will be able to first of all understand the purpose of strategic planning, second learn how strategic planning is an ongoing process and not just a one-time event. Third, identify your organization's driving force, and fourth, to pinpoint why strategic planning fails and some of those reasons. So um, I'm glad you joined me today, and I'd first just like to start with a poll question here and get to know you a little bit more and know how you guys uh, view strategic planning and if you have a strategic plan. So go ahead and answer this question. Does your organization have a strategic plan? Maybe you don't have one. Maybe you don't have one, but you have some strategic focus. Maybe you've got one, but it's sitting on the shelf. Or maybe you have a plan that you're currently executing. So go ahead and leave a few more seconds up for everybody to vote. And then we'll, we will kind of see where everyone's at. All right. So it looks like the majority of you have a current plan that you're currently working on. Some of you have something that's just sitting on the shelf. Some of you maybe have a less formal plan. Uh, and then others of you don't have anything at all. So interesting to know. Um, hopefully for those of you that already have a plan, I can give you some tips and tricks today to help you improve your implementation, execution, and uh, just your strategy in general. So let's get started with that. As we get started, I just want to talk a little bit about the general makeup of organizations. And as you can see from this diagram here, we like to call this the DNA of organizations. So we, we say that all organizations have three main aspects to them. First of all, they have strategy. All organizations have to have some kind of strategy. It may be a bad strategy, they may not be aware of what their strategy is, or it may change day to day, 
but in the end all organizations have to make strategic choices and so they have some kind of strategy even if it's not clear in their mind what it is. Second, all organizations execute. They get things done and they implement the strategy, otherwise they're not going to be around for long. So all organizations have those two parts, plus they have people and culture that kind of hold those two together. They implement the strategy and execution. And so all organizations have these three aspects to them. Today we're primarily going to be talking about the first two categories, strategy and execution. So as we get started into this discussion on strategy and execution, I, I want you to take a quick quiz here to see how well you can differentiate between strategy and execution because it can be more difficult than you actually than you think. So let's take another quick poll here or quiz really and go ahead and check all of these that you think apply. Which of the following questions are considered a strategic question as opposed to an execution question? So select all that you think are strategic. First is what values are core to our business? Second, how are we going to train our next level successors? And on down. So select all of the ones that you feel are strategic questions. Uh, so here's what everyone voted. So let's just go through one by one. So first of all, what values are core to our business? Yes, 76% of you said that, that that is a strategic question. We're asking what values are core to us. And so that's very high level strategic thinking directionally. Second question, how are we going to train our next level successors? That is an execution question. So 19% of you maybe were a little off on that, but um, really it's talking about how we're going to do this. What's the best way to do it? Um, rather, which is an execution question. Third, what's the best way to get our products to our customers? That also is an execution question. Once again, asking how we can do it, execution. Fourth, what types of customers do we want to pursue? That's a strategic question, thinking strategically about who we want to pursue and who we don't want to. So 67% of you got that. And then lastly, what marketing materials will we use next year? That's an execution question. So the majority of you guys did very well. You were able to pick out the two strategic questions from the execution questions. But as we can see, it can sometimes be a little difficult to differentiate between the strategic and execution questions because we primarily live in a world of execution. We get things done, and so it's difficult to sometimes take a step back and think strategically. It's different than what we're used to thinking, and so it can take some effort. But that's what we're going to try to do today. So let's talk a little further here about what strategy actually is. There's a lot of definitions out there of strategy, and many of them are quite complicated. So it's pretty easy to get confused about strategy. But I'm going to tell you today, strategy doesn't have to be complicated. It's really, in my mind, it's an answer to three simple questions here. First of all, we've got to answer, okay, where are we today? We need to know where we're starting from as an organization. And in doing this, we need to confront the brutal facts and to be honest about our strengths and our weaknesses and our failures. 
You may have heard of the Stockdale Paradox. It's stoically accepting the brutal facts of reality, being honest with who we are, both the good and the bad today. And there's a number of tools that you can use in this step, and they're all primarily centered around asking questions in order to gather data, facts, and opinions, things like interviews and surveys and things like that. So that's the first question, where are we now? Second, we need to define where do we want to be in the future. We need to look to the future and paint that future vision of who we want to be and where we want to go. What is that end in mind that we have? Where do we want to be in the future? Many times those strategic plans just stop here. They say, okay, this is where we're at. This is where we want to go. This is our vision 2020. And they have a mission statement and vision statement of who we want to be. But they stop there. And it's all great to know where you want to go, but we've got to know, okay, how are we going to get there? We need to figure out what we're going to do differently in order to get from our current state to that desired future outcome. We need to know what is that core driver that will move us forward. We need to know what are the key initiatives that we need to undertake to get to that future. So if we take a step back, strategy really is pretty simple. We just have to answer, okay, where are we now? Where do we want to be in the future? And then how do we get there? But as we think about this, there's a few other key strategic questions that we need to ask that kind of tie up into these questions. So first, we need to ask, okay, what do we stand for? And this question gets at our values as an organization. And these values act as guideposts or a fence, guiding and directing everything else at the organization. So if you see in this graphic, you've got these two bars kind of going in parallel and it's keeping everything else inside there. It's the values influence and inform all decisions and shape an organization's culture. So that's what keeps us in the fence. Second, we have to ask, who are we and, and why do we exist? And these questions get at an organization's mission. We have to understand, okay, what's our purpose for existence? And it's more than making money, right? Because all money, all companies have to make money to survive, but beyond money, why is our organization here? If you've ever seen the TED Talk or read the book by Simon Sinek, he gets at this question. And his book's called um, The Start With Why. I had a brain freeze for a second. Um, but the diagram here is of the golden circle and it helps us to understand why we do what we do. So if we start at the top here, there's the what. Every single company on the planet should be able to tell you what they do. Well, they say, well, I'm a dentist or I'm a plumber or uh, that's a very simple question for people to answer. Then we go down to the next circle, and this is the how circle, and it is reasons why um, what you do is different or better. It's kind of your value proposition. How is what you do as a plumber different than every other plumber? A lot of companies, if they're good, can get to that level. But then very few people can clearly articulate 
why they do what they do, that last third circle. It's what is your purpose, cause or belief? What is it that you believe that causes you to do what you do differently? When most companies and people think, act, or communicate, they normally describe from the outside in. They say, well, I'm a plumber and I'm different because I provide higher quality services and they probably don't even get to the why. But great companies, Simon Sinek would say, start with the why and say, I believe this and so this is why I do things differently. So you've got to understand that as a company, why do you do what you do? Third, then you've got to understand what makes us different. Why is our product or service any different than the other guy? And like I said, this question gets at that value proposition. What do I do that makes me different from anyone else? And it also has to do with this concept that we call a strategic driver. And there's multiple ways to express the strategic driver concept many of them that you might be familiar with, but I'll just go over two of them here that I think are very influential. First of all, there's this driving force, which is from Michel Robet's classic book, um, Strategy, Pure and Simple. And this concept suggests that a company must have one of these areas be the driving force behind all that they do as an organization. It's the hub that the rest of the organization is structured around. So it's a little abstract when you describe it like that, but let me give you a few examples to help you understand what that actually looks like in real life. So let's think about the difference between Walmart and Target. So both are retailers and they both offer the same general product categories but they draw from very different demographics and you probably have different feelings about Target versus Walmart. When we think about Walmart, their driver is distribution. They center their whole company around efficiency and distribution to their stores, which allows them to give the lowest prices possible. So everything that they do is centered around that one thing. When you think about Target, though, Target is different. Target's driver is the customer. And I'm not meaning customer service here. Uh, what I'm meaning is that they focus on one specific type of customer. So if you think about Target, who's the type of customer they focus on? Well, in the past, this type of customer has been kind of the, the middle to upper class suburban mom and everything at their stores has been centered around that type of customer. From the Starbucks at the entrance to the trendy home decor, everything was centered around that type of customer. Recently though, Target has signaled a change to their target customer, and now they're going to be targeting Hispanic millennial moms. And as a result, you're gonna begin seeing some differences in their approach. Maybe they're going to open more inner city stores. They might even incorporate Spanish language advertising or different things like that, all because they've focused and changed their focus on that specific customer group to get everything that uh, that customer will want in the store. 
So those are just two examples of how a business could be centered around a driving force even within the same industry. A similar concept that you might be familiar with is from Jim Collins' book, Good to Great, and it's the hedgehog concept. So it comes from an old fable about a fox and a hedgehog, but really a modern-day version would be Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. And the story goes that the fox would try all sorts of crafty ways to catch the hedgehog, but each time the hedgehog would just roll up into a ball and protect itself and go on to live another day. The main idea being that the fox knows many things, but the hedgehog knows just one really important thing. And Jim Collins says companies then, instead of trying to do everything and be really crafty in all of these different areas, companies should figure out what they can be best at and focus on that one thing. Now in my work, I work with a lot of companies and I know a lot of companies that could be really great at a lot of things, but I've never met a company that could be really great at everything at once. But a lot of companies try to do that, just that. They try to pursue everything at once and they don't do anything well. So many times, understanding your hedgehog means actually pruning things away and realizing that there might be things that are good, but maybe they're not the best. And so you've got to understand what makes you different and what is that one thing that you can focus on that, can, that you can be best at. So those are strategic driver questions. As a fourth strategic question, we've got to ask what do or who do we aspire to be? And this question gets at the vision, the vision for the future. Who do we want to be in the future? Most companies have some sort of mission or vision statement, but a lot of them are pretty bad. I don't know if you've gone into a, a customer's company and it's the is up on the wall and you just, uh, it's really bland kind of corporate speak. Um, it's, a lot of them are not specific enough to have any meaning to the average employee. So here's an example of a mission statement from a national retail chain. So let's read through this and I would like you to see if you can tell what type of company that this statement is from. So their statement says, to create a shopping experience that pleases our customers, a workplace that creates opportunities and a great working environment for our associates and a business that achieves financial success. What type of company do you think that could be? All those things sound great, right? But it's a very bland mission statement. It could be from any type of retail store, from JCPenney to AutoZone, but it's a grocery store. It's Albertsons. And so when we think about a vision and casting a vision and a, creating a mission statement, we've got to create a, a vision that's specific and concrete enough for it to actually mean something to people. Competitors should be able to pick out your mission statement from a group because it accurately defines your, mission, your company's vision. Your employees should gain some value and worth from 
actually um, reading your statement rather than just a bunch of niceties. And lastly, we need to answer how will we look different at a defined point in the future. Once again, many strategic plans fail because they are not specific enough about the future. They give generalities and they do not set a defined time in the future and they don't list specific areas that are going to be different. So these are five of the questions that you should be asking in addition to those three major questions we talked at the beginning. Let's return now to those two strands of DNA, the, the strategy and execution, and let's talk a little bit about this. So as we noted before, all organizations have both strategy and execution, but it doesn't mean that they're all good at both of those. So let's look at what that combination could maybe look like. And we like to use quadrants to help describe where organizations are in terms of their strategy and execution. So first of all, some organizations are really good at both strategy and execution. They have a clear strategy and they effectively execute that strategy. And that's really where we all want to be, right? Doing that sort of thing. That's where great organizations are. But some organizations are good at execution, but their strategy maybe needs some work. And oftentimes, this might be an older, more mature company who has been around a long time and they've figured out how to execute really well, but maybe they've grown complacent and they don't keep up their strategy and they maybe just don't have a deliberate strategy. We see that a lot of times. Other organizations have a really great strategy, but they just aren't executing it well. This is often startup companies who have a great vision, but they're still trying to figure out how to make it happen. Or it could be companies that have grown really fast and outgrown their operational capabilities, and they're trying to figure out how to execute with all of this growth that they've got. And lastly, there are organizations that do both strategy and execution poorly, and these companies usually aren't around for too long. So on this, where your organization lands on this graph can actually change year to year because a company that used to be in quadrant one doing great at both of those can slip into quadrant two by neglecting their strategy or, or different things. And so strategy is not a a finalized sort of thing. It's something that has to continually be done. It's a, it's a mindset that you have. So you can't forget strategy and just assume that you've made it. So now I'd like to take another quick poll here. I'd like to know which of those quadrants do you feel like your organization is in when you think about your strategy versus your execution. So. A majority of you are both either in Q1 or Q, or sorry, Q2 or Q3. There's a quarter of you who feel like you're doing really great at both. That's a great spot to be in. And like I said, you don't want to just um, sit on your hands and assume that you'll be there forever. You've got to continually be working forward. There's a handful that are in Q4. So definitely, I think everyone has something to learn from today's webinar some way to improve. 
So thanks for letting me know that. We'll keep moving on here. And now that we've understood what strategy is and how it relates to execution, we need to talk about, okay, why is strategy important? Why does it even matter if we have a strategy? Well, without a strategy, an organization is kind of like a boat without a rudder. You go in circles, you're blown about by the wind. And I don't know if maybe your organization feels like it just goes wherever the outside push it. Maybe you don't have a clear end goal and know how to get there. Those are some symptoms of not having a clear strategy. Strategy is necessary for every organization in order to have clarity of vision and alignment of execution. And we'll get into that more here in a little bit. It's also important for your strategy to not just be a book on the shelf. Like I've said, it needs to be an ongoing conversation within your organization. And this is for two very good reasons. First of all, we live in a changing world, so our strategy has to change as well. Organizations can't be content to just create a great business plan or a strategic plan and then put it on the shelf. Strategy has to be a living thing because we're living in a living world that changes. We also, when we think about the ups and downs, of the oil prices over the past few years. When oil was over $100 a barrel, no one could have guessed that they would fall to half of that over the past few months. Uh, hopefully I didn't lose you guys there. I, I got some, uh, some messages that there were some technical difficulties. But when we think about um, just examples of the changing world and oil the price of oil just going all over the place and dropping from 100 to like $40 a barrel now. Just imagine what types of changes would be required in the strategies of oil and gas companies. We live in a very flux and changing world. And disruption happens, even now at an ever-increasing rate. Um, You've obviously heard of Uber, and Uber has been shaking up the taxi industry. In just one year, taxis lost one-third of their market share to Uber in one year. What would happen if your company lost one-third of your market share? That's significant changes. Airbnb is starting to do the same thing to the hotel industry. Many other organizations and industries are ripe for disruption, so it's not time to sit back without taking a good look at your strategy because there are people out there who are coming up with plans and strategies of taking away some of your market share. And second, strategy is important because organizations and their needs change over time. Not only do does the environment around us change, but the organizations themselves need change and their needs change. And so I like to use a S-curve model to explain this. And I'll just talk through this for a little bit to help you understand how organizations tend to function. And they function in pretty predictable patterns of growth. The output of most things plotted across time creates kind of this S 
shaped line when graphed. So for example, as humans, we are capable of producing just not very much when we're babies, but we eventually grow and gain skills and become more productive before eventually slowing down and plateauing. And living things, of course, eventually have an extinction point. Organizations follow a pretty similar path to this. At point A, a startup organization has to create awareness for its products and attract customers and make enough sales to, to cash flow. But by point B, the organization has entered a, a growth period and customers and sales have grown, so the organization has to figure out how to operate efficiently and support that growth. At point C, growth has slowed down and the number of competitive products increases and your margins begin to go down. And so at that point, organizations have to figure out how they can renew strategy to create a new S-curve of growth before the current strategy becomes obsolete. Because if an organization runs, rides on that S-curve for too long, it's going to start going down the end of the, the bell curve and you may eventually fail as an organization. So you've got to figure out how to recreate yourself as you come to that point C of market saturation. Apple is a really good example of a company that has done this multiple times and started multiple S-curves throughout the life of their company. If you remember in the 80s, they started as a computer company, but then they introduced the iPod, the iPhone, the iPad, Apple Music, all sorts of new things now that they are involved in. They still have that first S-curve of personal computers today, but it is not their main driver moving forward. So what doesn't change? Well, some aspects stay the same, like an organization's values and its mission and its vision. Those usually all stay fairly static throughout the life of a company with the exception of maybe the mission and vision will be recast uh, at some time, some point, but for the most part, values, mission, and vision stay the same while other parts of the strategy change. Okay, so we've talked about some key aspects of, of strategy, but I'd like to get into, okay, why does strategy fail? What are some of the main reasons that organizations fail at their strategy? And there's usually two different types of issues that organizations run into. There's strategic issues and execution issues. Many times, organizations will tell me that their strategic plan just isn't working because maybe it's just not strategically sound. But when you look at the statistics, they actually tell a different story. One study by Kaplan and Norton found that 60 to 90% of organizations fail to successfully implement their strategies. So this reaffirms what I often found, that st strategic plans most often fail because of poor implementation. However, there are also strategic plans that fail because they're made up of the wrong stuff because of strategic issues. So if your strategic plan isn't working, it's likely one 
of these following reasons, and we'll go through some execution and strategic failures that you might have. So first, there's failures in execution. Many strategic plans create key goals for the next three to five years, but then those goals have to be broken down into action steps so that employees know what action needs to be taken. For example, if the goal is to improve customer satisfaction, well, what exactly does that mean that employees should do to improve it? And how will they know when it's been successful? Strategic plans must also clarify who will do what action in order to reach those goals. Strategic plans also fail because employees don't feel accountable for their role in implementing the plan. To create accountability, you first have to give clear expectations, which goes back to that first one, but then you've got to hold employees accountable for their part in the plan. And this often fails to happen because organizations just don't provide the necessary resources that are needed to implement the plan. Now this could mean monetary resources, but more often than not, most organizations don't devote enough time to properly implement the plan because they're just too busy running the day-to-day -day operations of the business to do the important but non-urgent tasks that their strategic plan requires. They end up working in their business but not on their business. So they don't devote the necessary time to actually implement the plan as it's needed. Sometimes, though, an organization doesn't have the right people in place to implement a plan. If your team lacks the necessary expertise or drive or knowledge to get that plan done, you can rearrange roles internally or bring in the right ta talent to get the job done. But even if the organization has the right people in place, they still have to buy into that plan. The strategic plan's champion or leader may get people to nod their heads during the planning session, but some team members may still not believe it's the right direction for the organization. I'm sure that we've all been a part of plans like that where the CEO or someone has a very clear direction and really no one else agrees with them on that, but they go ahead, no one speaks up and it goes forward and then everyone says at the end, oh yeah, I told you so. I, we all thought that that was a stupid thing to do, but no one spoke up. and. Uh, if that's a problem with your team, I'd suggest looking into Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions of the team and talking about productive conflict. But really, you've got to make sure everybody's voice is heard during the creation of a plan to ensure buy-in. And lastly here, if there's not rigorous alignment between your strategy and how the organization is structured, including how employees are compensated, your plan's not going to get off the ground. So when you implement a strategic plan, your organization's structure and its processes may need to change in order to support the new direction. Then we have strategic failures. And just as there can be a lack of clarity on execution, Organizations often do not have enough clarity regarding their strategy. 
The future vision that they cast is, is nebulous. Employees don't really know what's going to be different in the future. And so instead, organizations have to cast a very tangible vision for the future with a concrete mission that employees can understand and that employees can know how what they're doing on a daily basis contributes and they can know when they've reached that vision or not. There's got to be a lot more clarity in that vision casting. Startups and other entrepreneurial organizations often fall into this trap of taking on too much. They think, well, there's so much to do, so much potential in sight, and so they take on 15 goals instead of taking on three to five goals. And while all 15 goals might be good, no organization, like I said before, can focus on 15 different things while maintaining the day-to-day -day business. So it's far better to compete, complete a handful of critical goals than to partially complete 15 goals that are somewhat, fairly, somewhat important. So really, you've got to narrow your scope and narrow your focus. And as we discussed before, any strategic plan makes certain assumptions about the marketplace and the world around it. And understandably, many of these assumptions might turn out to be wrong because the world changes. And so true strategy is constantly changing based on the surrounding environment. And some of these changes might just require small tweaks or changes to your plan. Others might require you to do kind of a pivot and still others may require a wholesale change to the mission and vision of the organization. So you really have to be in touch with the environment around you and know how that is impacting you and your organization. Also, as we discussed before, an organization strategy has to be differentiated. Many organizations, even those with a strategic plan, don't have a clear understanding of what their differentiator is. So if an organization's leaders and employees can't clearly articulate what their differentiator is or how they're different, their strategy is pretty likely to fail. And lastly, some, organization, some organizations just have a bad strategy. They might continue to repeat what they've done in the past, or they might just copy what someone else is doing. There's a lot of ways that a strategy could be bad, but those bad strategies definitely are not going to lead to long-term success. Now let's talk about a few examples of failed strategy. A famous example of a failure to change with the environment is Kodak. Right? Kodak was at the top of their industry for years. They had thousands of patents, and they had a huge market share, but they became complacent. They went into that quadrant two. They didn't realize the marketplace was changing around them. And they actually invented the digital camera in 1975, but they chose not to do anything with it so that they could preserve their monopoly on film cameras. They had a bad strategy that didn't change with the environment around them, and they executed well on what they were doing, but they were executing in the wrong direction. 
a second example of failed strategy is Kmart. Now, how many of you get excited about going to Kmart? Well, probably not many because Kmart doesn't have a differentiated strategy. They don't really have a clear picture of who they are. And they don't know if they should compete with Walmart for low prices or if they should focus on an upscale demographic like Target. They just try to do both of them. And as a result, they're bad at both of them. So they need to figure out what their differentiator is and why somebody should shop at Kmart instead of going to Target or Walmart. So those are two kind of famous examples of failed strategy. But I'd like to take another poll now and hear from you. Have you seen organizations fail at strategy and, and how have you seen it? Hopefully it's not your current organization, but has it been strategic issues that have been their downfall or maybe implementation issues? Or maybe they just don't have a strategic plan. So why have organizations failed in the past? As the statistics have shown, that implementation issues are really the key reason that strategy fails. Strategic plans are often well-intentioned and uh, people come away excited after a retreat, but then they go away and things aren't implemented and nothing changes. And so really that execution and that implementation is where a lot of us need to work on. Hopefully I can give you some tools here for that. All right, so now that we know the main reasons that strategic plans fail, I'd like to share with you a basic test that I use to gauge an organization's strategic alignment. And it involves three parts here. So when I go to talk to an organization, I, I see, can their leader express to me their strategy in a clear and a concise manner? That's pretty uh, compelling and it makes sense. And do they know why they're differentiated and, and all of those things we've talked about before? Can they do that? Well, that's the first step. Second, when I go to the key managers and the exec team in that organization, can they do the same thing? Can they give me a clear and concise answer about their strategy and it makes sense and it sounds pretty similar to what the, the leader told me? Well. If you can pass those two, then can you pass the third? Can I go to an average guy on the floor and can they tell me something similar? Can they tell me some idea of what the strategy is and why you're differentiated? And can does it sound pretty similar to what I've heard before? And if you can do those three things, then that indicates that the strategy has been properly communicated and is become a part of the culture of that organization because they talk about it often and the average Joe understands it and understands how their job fits into that overall strategy. If only the top executives know and understand the strategy, the organization isn't aligned in their strategy and execution. So, in order to review some of the, the key topics that we've covered, I, I want to look briefly here at some strategic planning myths and, and hopefully debunk them for you. So first of all, I hear sometimes, well, strategic planning is a one-time event. 
so often I find organizations and leaders feel like they have to do strategic planning and therefore it's not meaningful, it's just an exercise to check a box and it eventually becomes a notebook on a shelf because they just did it to appease the board or just did it for a grant opportunity for a nonprofit or some other reason. But the truth is that strategy should be a living, breathing thing. You should be reviewing it regularly and updating goals and adjusting it based on the changing environment. And it should be something that's meaningful for you. Second, I hear sometimes that it's a waste of time and resources. Or people say, well, we can't afford to take people off the job for a day or two. Well, the truth is you can't afford not to do strategic planning because, uh, I don't know, are you too busy executing to care if you're heading in the right direction? Remember, Kodak was executing great. They were at the top of their game, but they were in going in the wrong direction. You might be wasting time and resources by pursuing the wrong thing, but how would you really know that unless you take a step back to determine the proper strategy and to determine where you should be executing? You can't afford not to do strategic planning. Third, I hear sometimes it's neither practical nor actionable. It's just kind of fluffy and idealistic. Well. Good strategic planning is both visionary and practical. You need to think big aspirational goals, but then you need to break them down into actionable chunks. So if you believe this, that strategy is not practical, practical or actionable, then you're just not doing it right. At the end of any strategy session, you should clearly know who's doing what and by when and know what that future vision and direction is. Some people just say, well, yeah, we have a strategic plan. It's our mission statement. Well, that's part of strategy, but it's only a small piece like we've talked about before. There's a whole lot more to strategy than just your values or your mission or even the future vision for the company. Some people say, well, um, yeah, we'll make strategic planning part of our weekly meeting. And it's very tempting to do that because you can make it an agenda item and you can come back to it every week and you feel like you might be doing strategy. And this might work for follow-up, but it doesn't really work for deep strategic discussions. Like I said at the beginning, people are used to thinking execution. So it can be really hard to take a step back and think strategically. I often find that it takes a full day or two away to actually get in the mode and be able to tackle involved strategic discussion because people need to get away from their daily distractions and they often need an outside facilitator to help guide their discussion or have somebody who's not involved in the organization and can be an impartial third party. Now that we've covered these myths, I'd like to know which myth is your organization or maybe are your leaders falling for regarding strategic planning? That it's a one-time event, maybe it's a waste of time, maybe it's not practical, or maybe you are doing really well with your plan, or maybe there's something different.
people feel like their strategic plan just sits on the shelf. It's a one-time event that you come back to once a year. That's something we see a lot of. Uh, some people may be in organizations that where it's a waste of time and resources. And then we've got about a third of people that say, well, no, we're actually doing pretty well with our strategic plan right now. And that's great to hear. All right, so now I'd like to return to the concept of the DNA of organizations. But this time I want to talk about the DNA of great organizations. What do great organizations do that sets them apart? Well, first of all, on strategy, they have certain characteristics. First, they have an ongoing dialogue. They're always updating their strategy based on the changing world around them. Second, their whole organization is able to give clear, shared, compelling answers to some of those key strategic questions that we talked about before. Third, their strategy serves as a roadmap. They have a clear knowledge of the end destination, and they've chosen their route to get there. And fourth, they use their strategy as a filter. They know what types of opportunities fit and what types of opportunities may not fit, even if they are opportunities that could be profitable, like we talked about before with the hedgehog. What could we be best at rather than what are all those things we could be decent at? Great organizations also do a few things in their execution. First, they figure out the important non-urgent actions that need to happen, and they make a priority, make them a priority. They make time for them. They also align their operations with their strategy. So areas of operations that don't align with their strategy are removed. So this could be a sales bonus plan that conflicts with the organization's priorities or maybe an org structure that doesn't allow the organization to effectively grow. Like I talked about before, you've got to change the structure sometimes in order to fit with the new strategy. Lastly, there's a follow-up and ongoing accountability for the goals and actions that need to take place. And all of this is made possible by the people and the culture of the organization. They have hands-on managers, they have engaged employees, high-performing teams, and a healthy productive. I hope that these descriptions of great organizations inspire you to continue making your organization great in these different areas. Here are just a few resources that I mentioned today that you might find interesting and beneficial in your organization to help it with the strategy and help make it uh, even greater. So as we conclude this webinar, I'd like you to think about some potential next steps that you might want to take. I, I want you to commit to something here before you leave. So some potential next steps that I thought are, well, maybe you could test your colleagues regarding their strategic alignment. Maybe you need to get senior leadership or ownership buy-in. Maybe you need to refresh your strategy. You don't need to rework everything, but just refresh it. Or maybe you do need to rework your whole strategy. Or maybe you just have a good plan right now, a good strategic plan, and you just have to figure out how to execute on it even better. So go ahead and answer that and make a commitment today to kind of say, coming out of this, 
I would like to take this as a next step. What are the things that you really feel like you would like to do coming out of this webinar? So it looks like a lot of you think that refreshing your strategy is, is a good next step, and I would agree with you. A lot of times people want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just start from start fresh when maybe that's not what's needed. Maybe you just need to refresh and rework a little bit of what you've got. So I think that's a good step. Some of you feel like, well, we've just got to rework or start fresh um, from our strategy because we don't have one. That's a good thing. And then a lot of you said executing on your existing plan. That's a good option as well. Like we talked about, execution of your plan is really something that can be difficult to do. So thanks for sharing with me uh, what you plan to do coming out of this webinar. And, and thanks for joining me today. I, I really do hope that it was beneficial for you because I strongly believe that strategy can make a world of difference in an organization. So I hope that you're able to implement some of these ideas that I've presented today to improve your organization and help with both your strategy, your vision for the future, as well as your execution and implementation of that strategy. Thanks again for joining me. So Daniel, the first question that we had come in is how often do you recommend revisiting your strategic plan? Um, good question. The, it really, it should be an ongoing dialogue like we've talked about um, throughout this webinar. But revisiting the strategic plan, uh, I think usually once a year is, is kind of what we see a lot of organizations do. And you may not do a, a full strategic planning every year, but maybe um, every three years you might do, three or four years you might do a full strategic planning and then kind of a follow-up and adjustment, I guess, every year, uh, in addition to hopefully monthly uh, follow-up sessions to help with that implementation and execution of the plan. Great, thanks. The second question that came in is, can a department have a strategic plan that is separate from the whole organization's plan? Um, yeah, another good question. Um, a lot of times what we see is an organization as a whole will do a strategic plan. They will set a, a vision for the future. They will uh, craft uh, big important goals and uh, things that the entire organization should be working towards. And then after that vision has been cast, then you can go to individual departments, and individual divisions, and those can do strategic plans that fit underneath that larger umbrella. So if the organization says we're going this direction, then the division can say, well, now that we know the future direction of the company, how can we help the company get there? And then they do their strategic plan based on that and the larger vision, within the larger vision of the company. All right, thanks. And then the last question that came in is, the leadership of my organization doesn't see the value in strategic planning. How can we get started with that, or what can I do? Um, that's, that's tough, um, because uh, you can, as if you're part of a department, if you're head of a department or a division, you could obviously uh, do planning for your division. and. 
um, try to set a strategy as best as you can for what you can control. I think that could help to win over the executives or leadership as well, seeing how that works for you and your department or your division. Um, if you're not able to do that, I think providing some feedback of what you feel like would be how it could be beneficial to the organization um, could be good, but also there's uh, some lessons that could be learned from uh, like Bruce Tolgan's book, How to Manage Your Boss, which talks about how can you help your boss to manage you the way that you need to. And so if you feel like as a manager that you need certain direction for your department, then maybe you need to ask for that and you need to help senior management and executives to understand what they need to be providing you so that you can do your job in the best way possible. But really it's, uh, you can't force them to do it and so you have to do what you can within your sphere of influence. 